Welcome back to the Black Belt and Thinking podcast. Now joined, uh, I can't really call you a guest anymore, Mieta. I think you're uh, more or less a permanent uh, co-host, to be honest. I'm a permanent fixture. I'm like the old <laughs> chair in the corner yeah. of the room. Yeah, exactly. Part of the furniture. Um, and we have a, a, a series that we're, we're kicking off today on cognitive biases. So we'll be basically looking at, at one each uh, each podcast for I don't know, foreseeable future. Uh, this is certainly something that's interests us and we've, we've heard a lot from uh, from our listeners and from people we talk to, you know, around all the black belt and thinking things that this is just something people both are interested in, like it's just interesting, but also something people want to be aware of and improve in, in themselves or be able to catch others at, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a good topic for a podcast or a series even. Welcome to the Black Belt and Thinking podcast. I'm Peter Cronin, lead presenter of the Black Belt and Thinking. This is a podcast where we look at all things to do with thinking faster and acting more purposefully. I interview experts in their field to try and provide you with the insights to the way they think and the tools and processes they use on a day-to-day basis. If you find value in this podcast, love for you to share it with others. All right, so today we're going to be kicking it off with... uh, Confirmation bias. So, Mieta, do you want to? What is confirmation bias? I will kick us off with what it is. My unofficial um, definition: that basically, it's a thinking flaw that causes us to see information that, not just see, but notice information and interpret information in such a way that supports our currently held beliefs. And sort of we kind of reject or explain away any information that goes against our current beliefs. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the most basic way I would explain it. Yeah. Unless you have a better, more official <laughs> definition. No, I think it makes sense to me. That's uh, that's yeah, this is exactly what it is. We 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 see what we it's almost like that we see what we want to see. Um, and sometimes I guess that's conscious, like you're just kind of looking for something to support what you are trying to say. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, and what we're mostly talking about here is the subconscious version of it. It's a bias. You don't even notice this happening. Like, you know, if you're trying to make a point and you go out and research something and you just intentionally ignore everything, um, that doesn't support your point until you find something that does and send that to, you know, your mate, you're having an argument with, Obviously, that's a bias, but you're kind of aware you're doing it. You're, you're intentionally skewing it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think one of the characteristics of biases are that they um, live in the domain of the subconscious. Yeah, yeah. So we're not really even aware of how they affect our beliefs at the time that or beliefs and then ultimately our decisions that we make based off of those beliefs um yeah yeah it's like um i don't know what are the what are the examples i was trying to think through this over the last couple of days what's a what's a sort of classic of this i don't know why i've got this picture of like um like small town things you know like small town busybodies where there's somebody in the neighborhood or something that they they think is a bit sus for some Mm -hmm. reason you know, you're imagining your, your, I don't know, for, for some reason I'm thinking, you know, 
a retired person or something, maybe because I think they got nothing better to do, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just picturing a small town sort of environment where they're like, oh, yeah, I don't know. There's something fun, there's something off about that, that, you know, that family that moved in or whatever. And then, you know, they find out that um, on, on Sundays they, you know, they, I, I don't know, go and um, go and work with like feeding the homeless or something. And, yeah. And they just sort of ignore that. They don't, they don't talk about that, you know, when they catch up with their friends for, for dinner or something over for a few For a gossip wines. session? Sorry? For a gossip session? Yeah, for a gossip session. So they don't <laughs> sort of mention that. And then there might be something else that they do. Oh, it turns out they they do this and that's great. They support their, you know, they, they're always going to their kids' sports matches and they help the team out and all this sort of thing. Oh, that's great. But then it turns out like, oh, um. I don't know, they underplay, underpaid one of their employees accidentally. And oh, I knew, I always knew there was something off about him. Oh, yeah. I, always, I knew, always knew. I told you. I told you. The moment he moved in, I knew there's something off about him. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a classic where you, <laughs> the actually, when you said the phrase, I was like thinking, where are you going with this? But when you said, no, no, I knew it. I, I knew it. I always knew it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. I am. Um... I think that the example when you the day that you told me we were gonna do a podcast on this, I was like, oh, when do I actually experience this in my life? And obviously, because it's not conscious, you do actually have to think about this a bit. Yeah. And I actually came up with an example where you and I kind of both maybe suffered from this. I don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we um in one of our hiring decisions. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where you set out to hire someone and I don't even know what was going necessarily through your head. Maybe you were on a string of having a really good hiring streak because I think someone may have come even before then that was the perfect candidate and maybe this person came up and you were like, wow, another one, that's awesome, you know, having yeah, a really yeah, good yeah. hiring day. And then you kind of rang me to tell me hey, do you mind speaking to them just to sort of vet them out? But, you know, they're so perfect. They really look the part. And literally because you said that to me, I was already going into making this decision, into this conversation with this person going, oh, well, they're the perfect candidate. Yeah, 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 right. And all I was, and I even now remember distinctly thinking, wow, that's a lot of waffle that they're saying. Like, but then I thought, oh, nah, that, no, I'm sure they know what they're talking about. It's just me. Like, I'm just not, it's not my subject matter. So I just, I just don't know any better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, you're right. That's, that's a prime example. I was, I, I don't know. I assume I was just sort of excited. Like, oh yeah, found someone that's really good for it. You know, they seem, they seem like they're ideal when actually you should just shut up and go, ah, yes, there's a person that is good enough that you should speak with them. <laughs> and make your own opinion yeah tell yeah, me your, your honest opinion. thoughts of how you think they would fare in this position yep yep i mean that, that leads me to um another example i was thinking of the classic sort of and, and this is probably bigger business things um larger organizations uh you know looking for proof of something working or, or data to support something um and this this could fall into what i was talking about before where you you actively just seek things out um, that support it, but I don't mean that. I literally mean the bias thing. I'm not talking about people like lying to their organization to progress yeah. their career. I'm sure the people who do that, but that's not what we're looking at here. Um, 
but you know, if you if you start a new marketing campaign or something, um, and some of the data is good and some of it's bad, you you go, oh well, you know, it's an awareness campaign, so we're getting lots of like we're getting lots of impact, we're getting lots of looks, or we're getting lots of clicks or whatever. So yeah, it, ma- it makes sense. You sort of the problem is you're trying to justify it to yourself, but at the same time you end up like skewing skewing the data because you go, no, no, it's you know, and it's it's even worse if it's you know you're excited about it and um, everybody's excited about it. yeah you know it's it's going well like, oh how do you know it's going well oh well because these three metrics support it and often people don't say oh what about the other three that don't that's like, oh great well I think that's um that's kind of a good point because it leads us into why the why behind the confirmation bias mm. and it's that whole idea that. I guess we we like being right. That's true. Yeah. Um, but then counterintuitively, it's not necessarily. This actually only came up for me the other day. But it's not necessarily that you want to believe something and you're setting out to prove it. Sometimes you believe something you don't necessarily want to believe it, but it's a belief that you hold. Yeah. And and you still look for proof of it, even though you wish that it that it wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, and this is going back yonks ago, but I used to genuinely think that I was quite unreliable as a person. And (laughs) that's that's not your brand in our company. (laughs) That's not, that's not, um, hopefully, that's not how the rest of you in the company see me. I don't believe that anymore. But it used to be something that I didn't dwell on it, but it was just something that. When I would fail someone at something, I would go, oh, well, I am. I'm just an unreliable person. It's just the way it is. And I did this woo-woo. Oh, maybe I shouldn't be calling courses woo-woo. But I did this self-development type course Yeah. that kind of regressed you back to your childhood and when you decided who you were sort of thing. Right. And I remember this incident when I overheard my mom say to a neighbor how my brother my twin brother he was so reliable like she could send him to the store even as a small child and he would you know buy milk and bring back the correct change but you know every time I sent Mirta she would stop and pick flowers on the way then she'd get distracted then she'd go and buy something completely different and lose the change on the way and it was just a probably quite a flippant comment but I overheard it yeah and it kind of set me up for this ridiculous belief that I was an unreliable person (laughs) <laughs> because I was a bit absent-minded as a seven-year-old. And it was yeah, yeah, ridiculous because you start kind of looking around for it to, to validate this belief that you have that you don't necessarily even want to have. But yeah, it was quite empowering when I could um, when I freed myself of that. Yeah, right. Oh, there you go. But yeah, you're right. You, you, you already believe it. And so you just, the things that, um, the things that confirm it stand out to you. That's, like, that's exactly what it is, right? Yep. And yep. this is, I guess, this is sort of, I'm now sort of reverse engineering it, um, sort of explaining things away. But confirmation bias, I think, where it impacts us the most is when we actually use it to make a decision going forward. Sorry, yes. not when we use the bias, when the bias affects our decision making. Yeah, yeah. So I think we should probably um, have a little chat about that. Um, 
Yeah, so I just I, I, just before we move on to that, I just want to add to like how it happens. Um, one of the things I, I found quite interesting, I just obviously did a little bit of looking into this, um, is oh, and I I can't remember the study or anything. I should take should have taken better notes. But anyway, there's something where um, people uh they literally their memories like they remember better things uh that that relate to their confirmation bias i'm not explaining this very well um but facts that relate to a belief they already have they genuinely just remember better on like a recall test um i think it's quite interesting there's a book i read a while ago how we learn that made made a big impact on me understanding how to learn things better which you know you'd hope from the time that I say it. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and the guy, the guy's talking about. I think it's Benedict Carey or something. Anyway, um, he's talking about how we learn. You know, it's sort of everybody knows that your brain forms connections, right? And neural pathways, yada yada yada. Um, they form connections. The more you repeat something, uh, the you know the stronger the connection gets. Myelin, yada yada. Um, but he was saying that like people who study in different environments. So if you study at the same desk in the same environment with no music, you know, nothing every time you, you don't retain things as well as if you change up the environment, change up the music, change up all these things. And it's because your brain has more things around it to connect to. Right. Um, and so one of the examples he has in the book is let's say you and I travel to Rome Um I don't know if you've been, hypothetically, let's say neither of us have ever been there. I don't know if you have, but yeah. Um, if all my life I've uh, I've been really interested in Rome, I did classical studies at high school, I like watching, you know, documentaries about Rome or even just, um, uh, even just movies or something, made up stuff. When we go to Rome and we go for a tour of the Colosseum, ignoring any of our sort of genetic or, or base ability to retain things, um, I'm just going to remember more than you are because my brain just has more things to attach it to, right? Right. Um, and that's really interesting. And I I suspect that's a major part of this as well. Like if you put that together with the study about people literally remembering things better that relate to things they already know, I'm not, you know, it's not, I don't have a study that backs up, but I suspect that's the same thing in play, right? We We just... It's, it's presented with two bits of information. One of them just has more stickiness. It just has more things to connect to. And that just happens to reinforce the fact that, oh, that's what we already knew. So away you go. It's like the snowballing effect. Um, yeah. I mean, this is made worse sometimes these days by, you know, these online echo chambers. You know, people shun uh, those with different opinions and they just go down these rabbit holes of, I don't know, Facebook groups or forums or whatever they oh, go. Yeah it's all just more and more people of the same belief and it's like well yeah okay like i mean you, you want to hang out with like-minded people and that sort of thing that's a normal thing but it can get pretty dangerous where you're shutting yourself out and you've got google perpetuating the problem you know like if you the algorithms yeah so based on my search history obviously it's going to skew what it shows me um in an attempt to be helpful so they claim um but even ignoring that, if I buy a brand new laptop, I haven't logged into nothing, and I sit and I log in, you know, I just connect to the internet here, and you connect to the internet over an NZ, we're going to get different search data because even the location it's going to skew um, what what we see. Yeah. Based on. And so that's not so much confirmation bias, but 
you end up with these echo chambers where well it definitely feeds it yeah and kind of creates the environment for the confirmation bias to flourish in yeah if you've if you've been looking up they are i'm gonna go here if you've been looking up anti back <laughs> stuff for, for the whole last two years then you're just gonna get shown more anti vax stuff when you google anything to do with any other vaccine yeah Google knows, and it's going to help you out. And by help you out, I mean give you more of what you want, which is feels good. Conspiracy theories. <laughs> I mean, it's not a conspiracy theory when it's literally like written into their algorithm. Yeah, no, it is. It is. But I think, I think where it's, I think I would hope that a lot of us are actually aware of this. I, yeah. I would hope that a lot of us are aware of what or this is not like Facebook is some evil media. No, it's just that the algorithms are catered to, hey, here's something else we thought you might be interested in because you seem to be interested in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like you I get shown a lot of aircraft and cars and you probably don't. Correct. Yeah. So I think it's, I think a lot of us should, if, we, if we're not, we should be now aware that that happens. Um, but I do think that the danger lies when we are not even aware of the beliefs that we're this sounds woo woo let me give you an example um there are these things that we believe that you don't actually even you're not aware that you believe it and it might be things like uh sooner or later the truth always comes out right yeah that might that might actually be something that you will and and then if i say that to you you might go you know what? Yeah. And then you start remembering because usually if I tell you not to do something or to do something, you know, when I put something front of mind, you kind of focus on it. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. yeah, you're right. Because when this happened and then you start thinking of examples from your life. Yeah. And then it will lead you to, <laughs> I remember, I remember when I was, when I was maybe eight or nine, don't judge because back in Croatia in late eighties, it was a thing, like you could leave your kids home alone. I don't think it was illegal back then. So I was home alone with my twin brother and luckily we didn't burn the house down. We had a fireplace and my brother, because I was so unreliable, was in charge of maintaining the fire, right? While my parents were out for the evening. Right. Okay, yeah. And obviously you have the, the iron jousty looking sticky thingy that okay. you yep. sort of flare the fire up with yeah but i thought you know what whatever i'm reliable i'm gonna handle the fireplace yeah. except i didn't actually know what i was doing so i just took my dad's pen that he used for his his favorite pen that he used for his crosswords and i kind of stuck it in there a bit <laughs> moved the the flames around oh yeah the ember around Obviously burned the top of the pen. Yep. <laughs> it melted. Everything was fine until he went to his crossword the next day. Yep. Couldn't, for the life of him, figure out what was wrong. Couldn't turn the pen on, click it on. Figured yeah. out somebody burned his pen, asked us, and I was like, fib, Mirta, just lie. Just, you don't know what happened. <laughs> but then this thing came into my head, the truth always comes out. And I was fine. I, I'm sure I would have gotten away with it. Yeah. Had I not made this fatal decision based on this 
confirmation bias. Yeah. No, the truth. I actually, the truth always came out because I was horrible at lying. <laughs> That's probably. <laughs> so it was true for you. So it was probably true for me. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we have these these things that we like everything happens for a reason like how many people believe that everything happens for a reason or the four-leaf clover is really lucky if you find a four-leaf clover i don't know if that's a european thing or if you guys have that in oh yeah we've got that yeah and then you make us make decisions based on that like you find if you find a four-leaf clover you're more likely to buy a lotto ticket this podcast is brought to you by the BBIT. If you want to improve your own thinking and problem-solving skills, visit blackboutandthinking.com to sign up now. Yeah, which is kind of funny because, like, haven't you already used your luck up if you sort of believe in this sort of <laughs> cosmic energy or something that's driving it? I, I, don't, I don't know what the sort of background belief is here. I mean, these, now I'm going to jump wildly for a second. I mean, the, the, all of this fits into the whole, like, uh, horoscope, tarot card all yeah. that sort of thing right like where you want to hear what you want to hear you're going there because you want to hear so you read the horror oh my god that's me oh, yes that, how is that yep. me <laughs> how do you they know generic statements that you can easily easily fit fit it to your your scenario but actually it's not because we're some irrational beings i think i i read um Actually, I read the book um, recently, actually on my way back from, from my last trip to Australia, um, by Annie McCubbin, and it's called Why Smart Women Make Bad Decisions. Okay. And she kind of explains that the, there's two parts of our brain where we actually make decisions. Um, one is the limbic system, which mm-hmm. is kind of the emotional hub, and then one is the frontal lobe, which is your rational hub of your brain but apparently where all the biases lie and where all the decisions kind of start flourishing is in the the limbic system it's where the sort of the our intuition is and we end up making decisions on this emotional level and kind of our our frontal lobe is left picking up the pieces and making you know sorting out the mess making making our post rationalizing our our irrational decisions Right. Okay. Which is kind of the whole confirmation bias in action as well. Yep. Where um, I'm trying to think of what an example might be, um, and I might ha- I might have a really bad one, but you basically make an emotional decision and then you you post rationalize it. Oh, based that's on- like buying a car or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or actually, you know, when it actually matters, oh, I'll get into this actually. Because of this when we when we talk about solving it, but yeah, buy, buying a car or buying a house or something, yeah, yeah, exactly. You you see you see the house you like, and you go, oh my god, oh could you imagine? You know, this is why the real estate agents are like, oh, so can you imagine your family, you know, living here? You know, the kids running around out here, and of course they say that because then once you get emotionally attached, you start going like, you know, oh, is, it, is there a little bit of a little bit of rising damp in in the laundry? Ah, oh, it's, it's all right. It's, like a little bit of a little bit of damp on the wall. It's not like it's covered in mold. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it it was it's still putting your kids first, right? You rationalize yeah, yeah, exactly. in some. Yeah. I mean, like look at look at that deck. Can't you just imagine, you know, like family evenings out here, the kids on the lawn with the, the dog and you're barbecuing in the 
the footies on on the big screen out here. Yep. Yeah. Because really, once you've made a decision, you don't want to be wrong about it. Yeah, exactly. You know, just, you don't even want to have to think about it again. I already made that decision. I've got enough other decisions to make in my life. Yeah, and I don't need to feel bad about it. I'm just not going to convince myself that it was the right decision. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nobody knows. Well, now they will. Like my my parents were, will not be listening to this. Well, it's fine. I'm an adult now. They can't, <laughs> they can't punish me for it now. You want to be? Once I had, I was at, well, this is, yeah. Okay. So I was at uni. Mm-hmm. I got, I had my final exam for one of my subjects. And then I got asked on a date, a coffee date, right? Yeah. By my current husband, actually. I don't even think he knows this. <laughs> and do you know what? I went on a date and I did not go to my exam. I oh, kid you not. Like instead of the exam, not instead even instead like of going to my final exam, I went for coffee. Wow. It was just this emotional spur of the moment decision. And then afterwards i was like you know you only live once <laughs> right what if i like what if this is my soulmate and you know i mean if, finally enough if, i obviously ended up marrying the guy or, oh, or yeah, oh, my favorite if, one was i was like, gonna fail anyway i wasn't really ready for this exam anyway he thought about that he might not be your soulmate and it's just a series of confirmation biases that talk <laughs> yourself into it after you made that massive spur of the moment decision at the start and now I'm obviously the brink of divorce because... <laughs> yeah, you're in too deep, you know? <laughs> but hey, we're not irrational beings. We just, you know, we are what we are. We are what we are. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. So what do we do about this? You know, like awareness is obviously, you know, admitting you have a problem is the first step. But actually, yeah. like, just seeing examples of this is probably is probably the first step I both in others is probably where you're going to see them easily first. Yeah. You, then you've got to turn, turn your gaze inward and uh, think about what you, what you do, what, um, what confirmation bias are you susceptible to? Yeah. What advice do you have? Um, okay. This is going to sound a bit woo woo, but I think first and foremost, we need to be okay with being wrong. Because if you're not okay with being wrong, this is never going to work for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, um, I think when it comes to, and, and there's probably different applications to, to what you should be doing. Like you mentioned the social media algorithms feeding into the, the confirmation bias. I guess in, in that instance, you should probably be intentional about looking up information that actually goes against your thinking. Yep. Yep. Um just mixing it up a bit you might be an anti-vaxxer just look something up about why actually why people take the vaccine you know yeah don't just feed your own beast um and then yeah which leads to question the why behind the decisions that you make i guess yep yeah it makes sense it's a it was actually interesting apparently charles darwin was really good at this um the further he got into his theories the more he would ask for other people to judge them like you put them up places he would request like put notices in the paper for people to like come and and find flaws in his logic or find um evidence that that goes counter to what he's saying and apparently it wasn't a case of so he could argue them down or anything like he would genuinely then research those things apparently that was 
part of why he was so effective is yeah the 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 stronger he believed something or, or the stronger his case got the more and more he would ask for people to come and and like review it and scrutinize it yeah that's awesome yeah it's really Love that story so I guess, I, I guess it's the same thing. Like you need a, obviously if it's something quite important, um, you know, if it's, I don't know, what you're going to have for dinner, maybe not. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, reaching here. But, you know, obviously if it's a it's an important work decision, like a big shift you're trying to make or, you know, you're trying to validate a product or something. Um, mm-hmm. I say classic thing, you know, the startup thing, you get the minimum viable product and get feedback on it. You don't want to just, go and only listen to the positive feedback it's the opposite you want to listen to the negative um you want to get clear on exactly what you think obviously you know that's a lot of the tools that we do are about that anyway is about getting clear on okay well i believe if this and that if this and that whatever it is um and what assumptions are you making around that and then actually go out and verify do those assumptions make sense or or whatever yeah makes sense um, I mean, obviously, we're not asking people to necessarily go and start questioning every core value and belief that they hold true. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, there, but, there's a purpose to those, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, oh, sorry. To come back to that house example I had, that's why when you buy a house, you know, you go get like a, a builder's report and you get like um, uh, like a lawyer or a conveyance or whatever to, to review the contract. You get all these things done, right? Because you... Partially because you 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 don't know what you don't know, so you know you're not a builder, but also partially because ultimately you want to try and be um, you know unbiased in your decision. Yeah. Essentially, you, you if you if you look at a couple of houses, or I, I know this better for, for for cars, getting an inspection for a car sort of thing. Um, it's easy when you've got one that you really like to get the report back and it's got a few things wrong with it and to hand wave those. Oh yeah, I can get that. Oh, you know, every secondhand house is going to have some issue, you know, sort of thing. Um, But you got to just not do that. You got to take the report as written and go logically, this is not just, just not a great investment or not a great place to be in, or there are better options. I just love this place. And what's really interesting is if you start to drill down, why do I like this house so much? Often it's such, I don't want to say bullshit, but it's such minor things like, oh, I really like the deck. Well, you can probably get a really good other house and get a deck installed for far less money than you'd spend on the repairs on this place or whatever. Like often the the little emotional things you have or, you know, oh, just like the little white picket fence out front. All right, cool. We'll take down the stone wall and put a white picket fence up when you buy the house, like whatever. So I guess, would you say that in because the, obviously uh, buying, especially specifically buying a house, is a very emotional decision. Yeah. Um, would you say that these due diligence little bits of things, like, and I think the bank sometimes requires things, right? Oh, um, I guess I, they yeah. might require a builder's report if the house is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So would they be? Because I was thinking about this. It's easy for us to say, "Oh, still start questioning things." But when you're in the moment making a decision, you're not really like, "How do you just? How do you snap yourself out? How do you stop yourself and and ask yourself all these things?" So yeah. then I was thinking about how we have this idea of pattern interrupts of these one-liners. Oh yeah, yeah, snaps you out of it. Yep. Snaps you out of it, right? So in this sense, these 
all these reports you're supposed to get before actually saying yes and committing to buying a house are kind of a pattern interrupt where you kind of have to snap out of it yeah. a bit before you make the decision, right? So I don't know if if there could be like a one-liner. I'm not, I'm throwing you under the bus here uh, a bit with think fast, Peter, but if there had to be a one-liner that would kind of snap you out of when you're under the influence of a confirmation bias. Wow. Um, like if, it, if there could be something that, you know, someone could say to you or that you could say to yourself. Um, I'm, 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 my mind's going like trying to find other examples to sort of like lean on, you know, like other. Like I know and, that and... when I go shopping um, and this, this goes for whether I, I've just, I'm just used to asking myself this now that it just comes up for me naturally. But when I go shopping, even if it, if I've gone out specifically, like, you know, you and I have a conference coming up in May. Yeah. Yeah. In on Gold Coast, and there's the gala dinner <laughs> involved. So I'm like, oh, I need a dress. So I'm specifically going to look for a dress. Right. But I even before buying anything, I will ask myself, do I really need this or do I just want it? Yeah, right. Yeah. So even if I I know that I need a dress, I still kind of step back from just buying something. Yeah. So I don't yeah, know, I don't know. Like, if um, that would help, like having some yeah. sort of one-liners. Yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, obviously getting a third party to review it, like even looking at a house, you know, send the report to a mate who might not be a builder or anything, but who hasn't seen the house and doesn't have the emotional attachment. Yeah. So what do you think of this one? Something like that would be, but that's not a that's not a one-liner. It's, it might work to try and get a, a another opinion, but I'm, I'm thinking... Um, you know that thing like that that sort of prompt for or one-liner for trying to be a good person and it's like something like um uh be be the human your dog thinks you are oh i love that one you need something like that but for like rational rather than you know like a like a good person like you know um yeah i think that's a tough one because it is we biases do operate on a subconscious level so unless yeah. you can actually engage your conscious brain you're going to be sort of at the mercy of them aren't you yeah house is actually so sorry just going about the house such an interesting one because it's such a mix of the emotional decision and like a logical and biggest financial decision people make yeah it's it's yeah i mean it's in general all of these confirmation biases you're trying to judge are you trying to um assess yeah, it's, it's like getting a builder's report, right? Like, what is the builder's report on this decision? decision? That might be a one-liner for outside of uh, property because in property, it's like, well, what's the builder's report for the builder's report? But yeah. elsewhere, perhaps it's, you know, what's the builder's report for this? Or what's the mechanics report for this? You know, like, if I yeah. was to try and find all the flaws with this, what would the flaws be and how serious are they? As opposed to what are all the good things? Actually, that's a good one. We should try that for the next week. Yeah, it's a uh, trying to think. I've got an example. I'm not sure if this is confirmation bias. It might be. I'm going to run with it anyway, and you tell me because you've got kids and I don't. I, <laughs> I heard a thing the other day saying, um, you know, the problem with parents arguing with kids over like cell phones and stuff, right? It's kid wants a cell phone, parent doesn't want the kid to have a cell phone or whatever. Um, and they, the, the parent almost always, according to this, again, not a parent. Um, says, well, why do you want one or why do you need one? 
which is a stupid question because the kid's just going to justify it with whatever they come up with, right? Mm-hmm. Realistically, the question should be, okay, I have these this list of concerns. How are you going to mitigate my concerns? I already know you want one. How are you going to mitigate the concerns? I don't know whether that's confirmation bias, but I'm thinking it's a similar solution. You don't need to focus on the positive. You already decided you like the thing, or you already, you know, you already put the investment into right. the product, into the new marketing thing. You already know you like it. So go the opposite way and look at what are all the negatives and A, how do I mitigate them? But B, like be realistic. What are the negatives? And oh uh, yeah. Am I, I, wrong? I see what you're going with this. Yeah. No, I see where you're going with this. complain about this, but focus on the negatives, not the positives. You already like the positives. You don't need to focus on them. (laughs) Yeah, you already kind of made an emotional decision. Yeah. Now step back and play devil's advocate. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. No, I get it, yeah. All right, cool. Let's have a crack at that over this week, and we'll, on next week's one, where we'll be talking about another bias, which we haven't quite picked yet. Um or next fortnight or whatever's podcast. And we'll, we'll report back on how we went on this one as well. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Cool. Well, um, we'll see you next time on the next podcast, uh, talking about another bias. As I said, we haven't figured out what yet. Uh, and we'll, yeah, let you, let you know with uh, how we go with our, what's the builder's report, what's the mechanics report on this um, for personal biases, confirmation biases in our life. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, yeah, if this was interesting, you know, of course, share it to anybody you know on LinkedIn, on Facebook, whatever, you know. <laughs> Use the confirmation bias to your own benefit and pump yeah. it at people if you like it. <laughs> Spread the word. <laughs> or to our benefit more specifically. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.